everyone. Welcome to Risk Roundup. We are living in an age of intelligent machines. Now, as artificial intelligence changes our way of life, the increasing ubiquity and rapidly expanding potential of intelligent machines has spurred massive automation-driven transformation of human ecosystem in cyberspace, geospace, and space. From the artificial intelligence-driven transformation of industries to weaponization of artificial intelligence and biased algorithms, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence technology and its applications are raising serious concerns for the future of humanity, prompting calls for regulation of artificial intelligence design, development, and deployment. Now, while fear of disruptive technological transformation rapid change in calls for the government to regulate new tech technologies are not new phenomenon. Regulating a technological uh, like artificial intelligence that is transparent, democratized, doesn't require much resources and touches almost every sector of an economy is an entirely new challenge. This is especially complex because most of the risk of artificial intelligence and autonomous systems are unknowns. And unless we identify all potential risks and understand where it originates and make the unknowns known, drafting regulation seems difficult in a timely manner. So how can a technology like artificial intelligence be regulated? To discuss potential paths to effective artificial intelligence regulation and the complex legal and regulatory challenges of artificial intelligence further, I'm delighted to welcome Dr. Subhajit Basu to this roundup. Dr. Basu is an associate professor in information technology law, cyber law, chair at Bileta, editor IRLCD, School of Law, University of Leeds, based in UK. Welcome, Professor Basu. We are so very honored to have you on Risk Roundup. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your invitation. I'm, I'm really glad that I will be able to discuss with you a, a very interesting area, artificial intelligence, and at a time when it is still developing. Yes. Uh, we have still time to think about regulation, uh, regulation, uh, multiple aspects of it. Um, uh, and, and perhaps if we think about it now, then probably in future, we will be able to develop a regulatory framework um, of artificial intelligence driven um, technologies more effectively. Yes, very true, very true. This is the time to start talking very seriously about you know, how to regulate this. Now, the increasing role of AI, that is artificial intelligence in the economy and society, it as we see it presents both promise and perils and brings practical as well as conceptual challenges for the legal system. So in your assessment, how do you see legal system addressing the rise of artificial intelligence irrespective of which nation we are talking about? Well, let me first start with regulating technology, okay. Now, 20 years, already five years ago, when we started thinking about regulating uh, computer and then internet, what we realized at a very early stage is that we do not understand the development of the technology, how the technology behaves. As a result of it, we tried to regulate it in a way which was not very helpful. So we, you can see that regulation of any technology that has happened over the period of time, initially we always got it wrong. Okay, as a lawyer, I can tell you, I do, you know, most of my colleagues, they do not understand how technology functions. And this is one of the major problem. When 
you will be able to find a lot of people are talking about regulating artificial intelligence, but they do not always understand what they mean by regulating that artificial intelligence. Where is actually artificial intelligence functioning? Which are the areas artificial intelligence would require regulating? Now, let me give you an example of it. Like an, a system like say Amazon Echo or Google Home, they all use a very soft form of artificial intelligence. Now, everybody talks about should we regulate Amazon Echo because there are privacy issues around it. Y yes, probably we should, but does it require a new legal framework? Do we need to create a new set of rules, new set of laws for, for something like Amazon Echo? Perhaps not. The same question applies when you have hard form of artificial intelligence, when you have got machine learning involved in it. For example, Tesla car. Now the law of the law which regulates motor vehicle in as such should be able to regulate the driving aspect of it okay but there is a distinction between suppose a tesla car gets involved into a road traffic accident now in case of a human being driving a car in getting involved into a road traffic accident you it is more likely that a, that as a law enforcement authority, there is more likelihood that he will be able to pinpoint the negligence, who has been negligent, who has been at fault. When you have artificial intelligence driven car and autonomous vehicle, the question is, so who is at fault here? Is the person who owns the car, uh, the person who developed the technology, created the car? And now even, even that has got two, two sides of it. There is a software side of that development and there is a sort of the hardware, the car side of the development. So who is responsible for what aspect of it? Um, I, I, and obviously, can, can you pinpoint on the owner of the car being negligent? But technically the owner is not driving the car. But if you, if you, if you look, if you want to, kind of create a framework, you have to have some sort, some form of um, uh, area to, to pinpoint the individual who can be who can be made responsible, who can be uh, found as careless. The law as it stands probably will say still the owner of the car being responsible. But my point is why the owner of the car being responsible, why not the manufacturer of the car being responsible? Because after all, you are relying on a technology which takes complete control over driving when the vehicle becomes completely autonomous. So the, the people who created the machine learning, the people who created the algorithm, the people who created this autonomous vehicle should be responsible for it. After all, it is their technology which didn't perform. So understanding this technology is much more important at this point of time before we jump to a point where we try to regulate it. Absolutely. Okay, 
I, I agree with you in that. In an initial point that you made that, you know, not many people understand in the legal judicial community that what is AI and what are these emerging technologies and how to regulate them? Because there is not underst enough understanding of what it exactly, how it changes the whole landscape and where, you know, the risk originates. So that yep. is a very true point you made and about the, uh, the car, autonomous car that you said, you are absolutely right. Because even if I own a Tesla or autonomous, any autonomous car, and if, if that gets into an accident, am I responsible for that? I cannot be responsible because I have left the decision to the, you know, algorithm or yep. to the autonomous car to, you know, drive the way it sounds, you know, it seems fit. And now if the, where is the, you know, risk originating? The risk doesn't originate with me just because I bought a, you know, autonomous car. Yep. The risk originates, you know, with the algorithm, whoever has defined and designed the algorithm. So your point is absolutely correct and right on that, you know, the risk originates with manufacturer. And uh, it, that just the same way we are talking about AI, the many other, you know, technologies in this information age should be, you know, addressed because it is the people who design, who the uh, creators of the any uh, information system or any you know, AI system that are responsible for any uh, damage happening because of it. Because a common man doesn't know how to, you know, modify this algorithm or whether they should modify or how to protect themselves. They cannot protect and, themselves. And also the common man doesn't even know because a lot of this AI driven technology will be black box. Okay. We won't even know what is actually going on inside it. Now, if you if you uh, read a work of uh, like Victor Mayer Schonenberg, he, he wrote a book about big data and artificial intelligence, uh, mostly about big big data's context. And he said, look, so far we can un unwrap the software, the algorithms to understand how they were all put together, how a particular thing functions. When it becomes completely artificial intelligence driven, the whole area will be uh, un completely unknown. We won't be able to unpack. What led to this point, we won't know. How did the mission decide in a certain manner, we won't know. The, the development of the technology is happening in such a way that after after some time we can't actually say that this is the reason why the the particular technology didn't function or did function in a particular manner so it it is not always be easy for for a common user even to predict you know how will this car behave you may think okay there is there is a there is an obstacle in front of me the car should stop um because your expectation is the car will must have been taught to stop. And I'm involved in a, in a research with Institute of Transport Studies and University of Leeds. We are trying to understand, um, we are basically trying to teach the machine that if you do not stop, you will hit. Now to do it with a fixed obstacle, it is easy. The car will learn very, very quickly. Car or whatever autonomous uh, body will learn very, very quickly. But when there is a human interaction in it, and human being, the psychology of the human being is we do cross the road, even though we see there is a red man. So how do you teach the car to understand the human psychology? How do you teach the technology, the algorithms to understand human technology? Because humans are not always predictable.
Very true. Very true. That is that is an excellent point. That how do we translate how we operate into these autonomous machines? But even if we translate how we operate in autonomous machines, is that going to bring the safety and security? Because, like you said, we are highly unpredictable, you know, species. We just don't know when we will take the right decision, wrong decisions, and uh, it's a uh, very complex. And if we try to uh, train the autonomous systems like how we do things, then also we have very complex challenges emerging. So, it, uh, what it looks like that even if any nation or any state wants to regulate AI, they need to examine legal scholarship. Do you think we have enough sufficient legal scholarship that can give us a firm foundation to the much needed like regulatory landscape for AI? Because as I see, you know, we have just started talking about these things we, and we intelligently. Have, we have just at the kind of the tip of this iceberg because we have spent last 20 years trying to understand how we can regulate cyberspace, how we can regulate internet. And as time passes, we have realized that probably the way we wanted to regulate it, it has not been possible. Artificial intelligence. Now, people have been talking about artificial intelligence for probably last 50 years. Okay, I mean, even Alan Turing's computer, that was thinking behind it was artificial intelligence. But it never really picked up. It has picked up in, say, last 10 years. Okay. Now, there are very few academics, legal academics around the world who have started thinking about it or writing about it. That is one side of it. The other side of it, this is a field where science is the driving force, okay? And I give you a very a very um, uh, an, an example because I do happen to work with the scientists is they always think regulation as an afterthought. So when they start doing a research or they start putting a research funding application, the law comes last because they think that we, the lawyers, are hindrance to the innovation. Okay. So less we get involved, better for them. Yeah. And that is an argument that has been that I've been trying to make all the time. That if you involve legal pr practitioners or legal academics at an early stage of the innovation where I understand innovating the technology is far more important for, for you as a scientist, then perhaps we can tell you the perils at an earlier stage. We can tell you that, look, there is a privacy issue here. Look, there is a liability issue here. Look, there is um, a question of surveillance here. Um, there, there is a group in, in, uh, in New York, they are called AI Now. It's uh, it's funded by Microsoft and quite a few of academics from I think New York University. Uh, they have created this center, this research center at the moment, um, to look into AI, regulation of AI, to look into to understand AI. But even then, they only managed to publish a report uh, towards the end of last year, and still people are talking about it at a very superficial le level. Uh, Yes, there is an argument that there should be regulation of artificial intelligence. Everybody is arguing that the regulation should be sector specific. Okay, can cannot be a kind of a blanket argument. You know, regulation is not possible. European Union has recently published a report, and it's talked about a code of ethics. Okay, my argument is if you want to regulate it, I don't want it to be regulated now. I just want it to be people thinking about regulation now so that we understand it. 
my argument is a simple code of ethics will not work we need farmer regulation maybe in three four five years time once we understand this technology much more better but we need it one aspect i think we should seriously think about regulation now is the area of surveillance and there are governments in the world who have used who are using artificial intelligence to do profiling to do facial recognition um, and they are using it in a number of areas um, there have been backlashes big tech companies their employees um, have responded responded quite vigorously against um, this tech companies getting involved into artificial intelligence driven surveillance projects or uh, military projects for example um, uh, I know uh, Google Google uh, wanted to get involved into it for a military purpose and Google employees were not happy about it uh, so they, they, they did come out of it saying that um, we know there are experiments going on there are projects going on in China uh, where artificial intelligence is being used for surveillance purpose. Um, the other aspect is artificial intelligence. You know, when we have got things, so there are liability issues from this, like cars or, 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 or uh, you know, a robot doing a surgery. But it's all about data. So one aspect of artificial intelligence can be regulated by having clearer data protection law now data protection law in europe what we have united states doesn't have a, a data protection law as such uh, in uk we have the gdpr our latest uh, uh, data protection law it talks about uh, regulating it, well it doesn't talk about regulating artificial intelligence but it talks about where uh, that there will not be a profiling of individuals, completely autonomous profiling of individuals without uh, human inter interference or without in human involvement. So we have to kind of divide uh, the use of artificial intelligence into different blocks and then think about, okay, how can I regulate use of artificial intelligence on the grounds that it is not used to discriminate people. Okay, how can I regulate uh, um, artificial where artificial intelligence is used to do for medical purposes? Okay, you create a robot which does operations, um, and then autonomous vehicles. Now, the two most areas where we are concerned outside the surveillance is where artificial intelligence-driven robots are being used for surgery for medical purposes now people argue that well medical fraternity is itself is a regul quite adequately regulated world so do we really need to think about um further regulation at this point of time particularly do we need to think about regulation at a time where the innovation hasn't taken place or progressed now there were experiments carried out um I don't remember in which country, I think either in Canada or in or in the US, where uh, surgery was performed by humans and robots. And in in about 60% of the cases, surgery, uh, the surgery carried out by the robots were 
better than the human. They were faster, better, and in 40% of the cases, um, the robots needed human intervention. Now the question, so the question is, do we create a specific law which regulates the robot surgeon? No point. My point is, what do you regulate? You know, you can't. It's a robot at the end of the day. It's actually the company which manufactures the robot should be responsible. Now, this is all risk assessment. Okay, how much risk are we willing to take? I mean, we as human beings, if I'm a doctor and I perform a surgery, there is always a risk that that surgery can go wrong. But when it that surgery is done by a robot, are we happy to tolerate 1% risk? 0.1% risk? 5% risk? Yes. How do you judge that? Okay. Yes. You don't judge a surgeon's record. Okay, this surgeon has done 100 surgeries and was 95% of the time he was perfect. Okay. And then go and approach the doctor. You, you don't do it. We don't do it. So. If you create a law which is which is compatible with the person you're replacing, it becomes very difficult because if you have a robot, the expectation would be that the robot will be 100% correct all the time, every time. Is that a possibility? After all, it's a machine which has learned based on how it has been taught yes if yes. there is a fault in that teaching yes you know that is an excellent point because the how robot functions will be based on how he has learned and what data is used to you know learn so you are right that there is the expectation to uh, regulate like to expect them to be 100% correct or that we we want no risk that is probably not going to be possible and in also that the traditional method of regulation that we are used to such as like you know research and development oversight or licensing products or total ability they all seem uh, you know quite uh, not uh, right fit to manage the risk associated with these autonomous machines because the risk originates probably you know at individual level at a you know industry level at a system uh, you know national level on at a system level and it, it there are many complex challenges emerging so it, it unless we identify all these potential risks and make the unknowns known drafting regulations seems very very difficult and there is another point that you know this research and development of ai is not visible we just no. don't know it is democratized we don't know how many people in the world are working on developing ai systems and it the, the ai doesn't require any kind of infrastructure all you need is a computer and uh, you need to be knowledgeable about the any language that you want to use to develop the artificial intelligence and you need data there's plenty of public data you know available so systems can be developed so when you, when anyone in any part of the world could be computing and need only computer and data. There is no way for regulation to be able, regulators to be able to find out who is working on AI and what mm -hmm. systems are being developed. So as the research and development for artificial intelligence is democratized and decentralized, how do how would we even be able to regulate any of these activities? 
because the risk originate at the development phase so how are we going to regulate that and that is that is a that is, that is a very good point you have made that the risk actually originates at the development point okay and the people who are involved in development of them are much more knowledgeable in, in this respect and for a regulator's point of view it is extremely unlikely that we will know those risks in the first place unless there is a there there is a form of collaboration okay and there is there is an exchange of knowledge that look these are the risks which we have found there are possibilities okay um and then we can think about ways to regulate it then we can find a ways to to ensure that we minimize that 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 risk from a legal point of view we can mitigate that from a legal point of view but the solution needs to be technological the solution has to be technological okay the other aspects but is a lot of this ai driven projects are secret projects okay there there is work going on on cancer which is ai driven uh, which I, which i understand there is there is work going on um, a lot of um, military grade um, you know surveillance technologies that are they they uh, they are ai ai driven and they are secret projects there are uh, work going on um, we cannot say it very clearly but there is an understanding that amazon and google is involved using ai to monitor uh, consumer behavior so that in future uh, the advertisements will be much more personalized much more targeted um so there are different so it's not one particular area where artificial intelligence is used or one particular company which is using artificial intelligence our our future life probably we will have the whole day where every small aspect of our life will have got some connection to artificial intelligence uh, you know where artificial intelligence has got a connection now we know that um, some of the U U uh, us courts are using artificial intelligence at a, at a disclosure level to understand you know what is the document that needs disclosing as a, as a part of it and and we know that in in criminal justice system artificial intelligence is being used but it is not used to replace it but as a supplement to it again unless we know how robust the system is we know they are they are not foolproof because uh, there have been examples where you know profiling has been done so a person can has been found guilty based on the profile he has okay now in case of criminal justice system where the human element is you make your judgment based on facts and law what is in front of you and and there is a sense of unpredictability in it okay machine doesn't do unpredictability okay it has a sort of a yes or no so if if i've got 100 things in front of me and if 70% of it goes a certain way the machine will say that is the chance that he has been guilty now there can be hundred of different other factors which could have led to that 70% which a only a human being can understand but not a robot can understand or artificial intelligent driven system cannot understand i mean robot beings probably a bit too far fetched but artificial intelligence Uh, driven system can kind of understand so my my point is is that we are using all this you know ai driven system in different areas but we have to appreciate the limitations that come with it 
Okay, and when we are thinking about re regulating it, we need to understand what we are trying to regulate and at what level. Now, it, it is easier to say there should be a human oversight, but as I said, you at the very beginning, human oversight will not work the way the technology is de developing because of the black box system, you know, because we won't know why this is this is behaving in a certain man manner. So we need to create layers within the technology so that it comes to a point that the technology can correct itself. Now, I don't know most of the technologies which where artificial intelligence is used, whether they have something like that in place or not at this point of time. Yes, very true. It is uh, that information is not available easily. Now, there is also been the bigger challenge. And I think that is at the root of, you know, lot of other complex uh, issues that we are seeing in regulating artificial intelligence is what exactly is artificial intelligence? I mean, how do you define artificial intelligence? Because there is so much ambiguity around even the word intelligence. So it seems that the difficulty in defining artificial intelligence is perhaps not in the concept of artificiality, but rather in this uh, conceptual ambiguity of artificial, I mean, the intelligence itself, the word, because how do we define like what kind of computational procedures we want to call intelligence? How do we come up with that, you know, understanding? So uh, how, is is there any development happening in that area? In, or there is a common language in how to define and how to understand what exactly is artificial intelligence or what kind of systems or uh, procedures or, the, uh, you know, algorithms that are being developed can be called intelligent? Well, this this is a very interesting thing, and I'm glad you, you raised it. How do we define artificial intelligence? Now, scientists will give you a definition of artificial intelligence. You know, the, you know this technology will make sure that this, this particular say, device can perform on its own. So after some time, it can it can replace the human being, and then it can well technically it can decide its next step based on the information it already has in its in 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 its hard drive or in its memory. But that is a scientific definition. Okay, from a lawyer's point of view, how do we define what is artificial intelligence? Is a challenge, and there is no unanimous definition of artificial intelligence from a legal point of view. I I know a couple of people have tried to write it. I think Professor Amitziani has tried to write from a you know, legal psychological point of view. Try he tried to define what he, what he means and understands by artificial intelligence. But even in his own own uh, writing, I think he published a, a kind of a short short blog sort of thing uh, last year. He, he said that this is my understanding of that artificial intelligence. I'm not saying that this is how the definition of artificial intelligence should look like. And you're absolutely right. I mean, how do we define intelligence? Okay, and then we kind of think about artificial intelligence, <laughs> defining artificial intelligence. Yeah. Um, yes, that that is, that is I, I think I, if I, you are to start, you have to start there. I hear you on that. And I, I mean, we it's not like we, uh, the machines that automate, we have had them for a long time. It's the machines that are used for automation are not new, but the machines that work to achieve goals. So the, it appears that, you know, 
the current approach to defining artificial intelligence they are focusing on the concept of machines that work to achieve goals but machines have been working to achieve goals for a long time so from a regulatory perspective how the goal oriented approach uh, you know makes sense you know and how can we define ai through the lens of goals to provide uh, working definitions for ai for regulatory purposes because machines have been you know working to achieve the goals for a long long time and and this is the thing you know we have to we have to change our focus because if you focus just on the goals then a machine doing a task a repetitive task uh, you know it's been here for for ages since the industrial revolution so task you know goal oriented task oriented machine you know that is that is not not how we need to understand ai the, the proper use of ai has to be where that uh, you know that car or that you know the the the, the one which does op operation the robot which does the operation it's it's can think so the thinking is when things go wrong it can correct itself and then you can understand that actually that machine has got the thinking ability if you give a machine a task which it can repeat 100 times 200 times the same thing over and over, over again that is not artificial intelligence but if you give that that machine the task where it will require to maybe you know deviate from what it has been taught in the first place then you can say look this machine has got the ability to perform a task like a human being it's in human nature to correct your course even if you look if you if you look at the satellites or whatever we whenever we send something outside where extremely sophisticated science some cases it can correct its course but in most of the cases there will be a command which been sent to correct its course in a completely artificial intelligence driven world we do not have to send that command okay the machine itself will realize that i am deviating from what i am supposed to do okay and this is where i you know i told you give you the example of a car and a human being okay if i the the car needs to think that this human being can cross the road because there is an unpredictability in it so i have to either slow down or you know stop because the car will think because there is a green light i can go because it's kind of a binary thinking the car would think why would that man cross the road when i have a green and he or she has a red red light no the car needs to think although i have a green and this person is trying to cross the road there is a possibility that he or she may come in front of me and i'm i just hit him or her so my course of course of action would be to reduce the speed and that is that is the way i understand a full functioning artificial intelligence that it can rectify itself it can correct itself it can it can behave like a human being it can outperform itself and a lot of artificial intelligence driven products for example are in that learning phase so they are learning to outperform itself what it was like yesterday 
a very simple form of your is this Amazon, you know, Amazon eco-driven product. So Amazon always keeps on telling that if you are concerned about your privacy, then you have to understand your device will not perform as its capability. It has the capability to do it. The reason being the information you give to that device makes that device much more intelligent and much and understand you much better. And this is the problem where data protection and privacy comes in. In this innovation-driven world, which is driven by data, it's all about information. Every element collects information and it's collecting information about you, me, and everybody else. Sure. Is sure. are we willing to lose a bit of privacy? Sure, no, I agree. I agree. Privacy, I mean, the way we were used to being, you know, having the privacy, that will not uh, survive or that will not work in this new age. But at the same time, as these, even these Amazon Echoes and, you know, all these other uh, systems that are out there, as they collect the data, as because, like you said, you know, they keep learning, they keep making themselves better by learning. Mm -hmm. Know, uh, from the interactions now if those what they learned and then if that learning is used to harm any individual or even human uh, society then that is somewhere something that uh, the risk you know goes back to the manufacturer or the amazon you know who has developed the amazon echo so those kind of things we'll have to think about because so far the legal community has been used to intervening only after harm has occurred but here we are you know in a whole different area where we have to start thinking about all these legal challenges or the security problems that can emerge even before the harm has occurred and occurred and the it seems that the most obvious feature of this artificial intelligence that separates it from the earlier technologies is its ability to act autonomously. So as you know, they keep learning and they, you know, they get interact with the human beings or mm -hmm. their ecosystem, they keep learning on themselves. And then at that point, even the manufacturer or the developer of the algorithm will have no control over it because their role is over. The earlier, you know, they defined the algorithm, but now the algorithm is making modifications on its own. So how yes. to act of autonomous feature, complicated regulatory AI, because at that point, even humans will have no control. No, I mean, the, the, the AI will have sort of say social challenges, okay? Uh, it will have legal challenges. But my, my point of view is the AI's social challenges and legal challenges are interconnected, okay? Now, if you teach an AI in a way that it learns to discriminate, then whatever that AI will do, the AI-driven object will do, it will keep on discriminating. So the the question the question is we ha it is at the learning phase where we have to focus on okay and if we focus on the learning phase of the of the ai then we we'll probably we will be able to mitigate some of the risk okay and then we can think about regulating uh, at a at a at a level where it is easier for us to regulate so yeah, but see that, that that's, we are going to face a lot of challenges because the development of AI, it's democratized and decentralized. So on yeah. a, a developing any particular system, there could be like 100 people working from all different parts of the world. Now, 
each of these you know in how do we like because each of these countries regulatory environment is different and the sheer number of individuals and firms that can participate in the design or modification or incorporation of any ai system component it's going to make it so difficult to identify who is responsible for the security risk that emerges from that it's, it's a, i think you you said a quite an interesting thing we do we do not have a unanimous legal framework around the world different country has got its different priorities now if i even the european within the european union if we try to regulate it probably we will have some sort of you know as the european union said uh, in the in the last report that there should be an ethical guidelines on development of ai driven things european doesn't want to be seen as anti innovation okay so that is the european state uh, sorry european position on the other hand if you look at the united states position some of the states are actually actively thinking about regulating ai driven uh, devices china they it doesn't even want to think about we don't even know how much research is going on on ai related area in china and whether it actually one ever wants to regulate it so it's going to be extremely difficult at a global level to think about a regulatory framework or a legal framework which will which ha will have a global you know global application or global consensus it we will never achieve it it's like re regulating speech and regulating privacy yes i i hear you on that but see the challenge is i i, I... I see that you know there is a lot of focus on ethics, which is good, but there should be more focus on the security because the challenges that will emerge from the AI algorithmic autonomous systems that could you know also impact the future of humanity. It brings existential risk for the you know security yes. of the humanity. So I think uh, we have to while we are you know it's good that we are focusing on ethics, but I think security needs to be at the top. of uh, anyone's you know framework that how do we make sure that any of these algorithms that are being developed any of these uh, systems that are being developed autonomous systems that we define or we figure out how to regulate those systems because uh, based on the security challenges that emerges from this ethics and all that which is fine but security is you know what is going to protect the uh, future of humanity so i don't see that you know anybody talking about that and it's uh, like you said china you know we have no idea what's going on there you know they are developing uh, so many systems and uh, they are not only putting their nations perhaps at risk but also if they don't have the proper foundation and framework they are creating a lot of security risk not only for their country but for the future of humanity so we'll have to you know look into that but all nations they have to come together as far as you know regulating ai goes because it is about not only the security of any individual or any individual nation it is about the security of the future of humanity so what challenges do you see if i'm you... i completely agree with you i mean a couple of a couple of years not two three, three years ago i think two or three years ago stephen hawkings um wrote a open letter and there were about 2000 signatories in to the in that letter uh including Elon Musk and, and others and they all and in recently actually last year Elon Musk actually talked about regulating artificial intelligence and he 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 actually mentioned that it could be a threat it is the next threat to to the human kind 
Um, and, and Stephen Hawking's argument was same that unless we try to think about how to regulate this, once it it kind of starts to really reach a stage where it can develop on its own, it will be too late to, to regulate it. Yeah. The other important point you, you raise is about security because it's a security and trust. Those are two, two, two related, related things. At the end of the day, all these companies which are developing artificial intelligence driven devices, they want us to use it. We will not be able to have trust in those systems unless we know those systems are secure, okay? Those systems are, are meant to perf would perform in a way they are meant to perform. And this is where I see the challenge. Now you can, providing a legal framework which assures security is a step, okay? But providing a technological framework which assures security is probably the best way forward. If you look at the European law on data, on data protection, it talks about privacy by design. Now, my point is, if you have, if you want to think about ensuring security in artificial artificial intelligence-driven systems, the sense of security should come from the technology which designed it. So we have to think about it at the stage of conception, okay? or maybe at, at a point of execution, you know, at a stage where it can be execu executed, but it has to be thought at the level, at the scientific level. It cannot be an afterthought. No, only I, then, absolutely. only then we will be, we, the, the, the issues that you raised, we will be able to counter them, okay? No, we no, can on that because uh, see, privacy by design, I mean, there's a lot of focus on privacy, which is good. We do need to focus on that, but security is way more important than privacy, I would say. So, uh, but the pro the challenge is that, you know, when we define, when we came up with all these computers and internet, or when we started connecting all the computers to the internet. So at that time also, you know, we never, we left it to all the individuals that they will figure out security themselves. Now, most of the individuals, they don't know how to secure themselves or what kind of antivirus programs they need to download or how to uh, make sure that their computer is safe or how to make sure that their smartphone is safe or what to do, what not to do. Common man doesn't know that. Most of the people, they don't know that even the very, the ones that are knowledgeable about all the security issues, they are also not in a position to uh, protect themselves effectively because of all these, you know, emerging cyber threats that are uh, coming to them and the kind of new, all innovative ways of, you know, hacking and all these different malwares and everything that is emerging. So common men cannot secure themselves. So to expect that a common man will be able to secure in the age of you know ai is probably you know naive to think that you know commonwealth will be able to do it so it, it, the yes the the responsibility and accountability goes to the people who design whether it's an individual whether it's in a group or a company or a government the responsibility lies to them so how do we make sure that we sh make them accountable for you know developing algorithms that uh, could or you know create a, a bigger risk for the security of the humanity and uh, all these you know governments and institutions and all these organizations they keep talking about the guidelines they keep talking about the privacy issue nobody 
nobody is talking about the security and which is very you know disappointing that where the focus needs to be yes guidelines are good ethics are good privacy is good but security is fundamental you need to talk about that first so i think you know there is a need for new institutions that can deal with this issues that are emerging from artificial intelligence and the security for the future of humanity um um i i agree with you i mean i'm not sure how far we can go at this point of time in terms of creating an institution which will oversee the development of it but one thing is definite that security needs to come at the forefront of it one the, the other thing is transparency this company needs to be much more transparent it needs to explain to us how they perform okay how they work how they you know how the technology how the algorithms develop based on what now whether they will be happy to to do such without a legal oversight is questionable but all these tech companies these giant tech companies at least they are in a phase where they are much more uh, receptive they are listening they are understanding that unless we proactively participate in this discussion it is not a question of um whether artificial intelligence driven systems should be regulated or not it is a question of when it's not if it's a when okay and and that is they understand very very clearly and security element of it is a part of that whole thinking okay and my my view on on this is very much that it is about making this companies much more responsible rather than us users are being being more 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 proactive in in that sense because th these companies have got more understanding of this technology how they perform how they function and what are the particularly what are the threats they pose more than any one of us will we will ever ever do yes we will ever know very true because you know as users we have no control over how the any yep. of the ai system is going to function it is the developers irrespective of the developer is an individual or a group yep. or uh, organizations or uh, companies or governments it is their responsibility but the challenge is that uh, they are all working in silos and there is yep. not any you no know, dialogue that collaborative collective discussion is not going on to uh, see how to uh, protect the systems and uh, everybody is in rush to come up with an algorithm that does something you know and they want to commercialize it they want to make money out of it which is good the business uh, you know the incentive of profit making is good but when when the security risk that can emerge from any of those algorithms once it becomes autonomous and once it starts you know then there is you know we we cannot at that point control or we cannot secure ourselves so uh, there are a lot of complex challenges here because uh, i i just uh, i see a lot of security risk emerging from the way this development is happening from all across nation as this is all democratized and you know nobody is in mm -hmm. and nobody is accountable so there are many many security risks coming and that's going to be a really interesting uh, headache for the legal and yeah, yeah and, and 
and and i think you know one one way would be we should think about developing sort of commercial codes for this artificial intelligence com companies you know we we have to make these companies much more accountable than what they are or what they used to be you know give me for, for an example you know something we are talking about quite a lot nowadays about accountability of the social media okay now when these social media companies were developing you know we always thought okay how much harm can it can it do but just yesterday there was um, there was an interview with the with the chair of uh, chairman of uh, instagram on bbc and he has acknowledged and realized that instagram has a responsibility about removing self harm images uh, from it's 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 account from user accounts because at the end of the day it, it is a service provider and it ha it has to be a ethical service provider they cannot wash their hands say that look the law is there okay and it's the responsibility of the law enforcement authorities to ensure uh, the materials which are not acceptable to be removed or the parents responsibility to protect their children or you as an individual you should have a responsibility to protect yourself but it is also the responsibilities of these companies okay to perform to function in a way which is much more uh, much more conducive much more helpful for the society the same argument goes for this artificial intelligence driven co co companies that we have made a mistake in terms of thinking how the social media company how big they are how powerful they are 10 years ago nobody thought that so facebook or Twitter or Snapchat can be as powerful as, or Instagram can be as powerful as anything else in the, or nothing we have seen ever seen in the world. You know, these, you know, these mediums can manipulate elections. These mediums can can turn a completely domicile, you know, peace-loving country into into a situation of complete chaos or war. It, the same argument goes into this artificial intelligence. Yes. It is at an inception stage, a conception stage in most of the cases, but we have to foresee the force of the argument you are making about security aspect. We have to foresee that there are possibilities like this. And one way would be to have sort of commercial codes, okay? That these kind of do's and don'ts, okay? Even if we cannot, which I said, that probably a complete legal framework is the way forward. But if we can't reach that point, at this point, we should have at least some sort of codes, okay? Yeah. And this should be over and above the ethical code, which European Union is talking about. And I think that is that is the way way forward. And through that, we will be able to address some of some of the issues. One thing you didn't touch upon is all all of this a lot of this artificial intelligence company they work secretly because in order to protect their intellectual property. Yeah. And intellectual property protecting it, they make money, and, and a lot of it is they are involved in the creative industries also. So for them to come up with something, a system. I mean, I mean, we talk about complete transparency and a lot of academics are talking about complete transparency in this particular area, but how much transparency is commercially possible is a question because these companies would try to try to protect their intellectual property. And it is not too difficult once you understand how a particular device has developed to copy it. Oh. And this is why they will, they will, they will, because we have seen from the mobile industry that it is 
yes, you can be a market trendsetter. You can be can bring the innovation in in the market, but it doesn't take too much of time to copy that innovation, and then that is that is a problem. And this is probably one of the reasons these companies are not so open about transparency. No, that is a complex challenge because uh, everybody is trying to protect their intellectual property, which is understandable. But when these intellectual property could, you know, put the security of uh, future of humanity at risk, then, you know, that is something that needs to be handled in a different way. I'm not yeah. sure how exactly I have not put together my thoughts on how we can go forward. But for example, you know, uh, there could be an industry audit committee who can uh, who can elect you know the people uh, that they trust and those yep. people can go through any algorithm that can be that is going to be used for a system in a very confidential manner uh, so that you know it cannot be copied or it cannot uh, go to any other organization so, but but that that should be some sort of audit uh, you know function to that or someone who can certify that yes it's this is this algorithm algorithmic system that is developed it's certified and it at this point it doesn't pose any risks to the future of humanity and uh, uh, but it that audit or that certification needs to be ongoing one time certification won't work because these algorithms will be you know improving themselves so there, there, there has there has to be adequate governance there yeah. has to be an oversight mechanism but most importantly there has to be accountability yes. in this and that that is that is i think is the most important thing there has to be accountability yeah. uh, and unless we we reach that point uh, I, yeah I, absolutely i can't foresee how it should be done at this point of time now you ensure this whole, whole security measures uh, that can be applied or you know created but at this point of time my 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 biggest concern is not having accountability in this in this uh, you know in this whole, whole domain of artificial intelligence driven driven devices or artificial intelligence driven driven world uh, and, and that worries me that worries me because we don't seem to learn from our history we don't really learn from our past mistakes uh but ai is is a thing it's like you know it's like a toothpaste you 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 press it it is out you can't put it in yes. and that is the thing which people can't seem to understand that look once you have this thing you know this machine learning uh you know systems in place there is no going back very true. There is no going back. There is no going back. Very, very true. So what would you like to tell our global viewers and listeners as to what we should be doing or as to even the complex uh, challenges that uh, we are facing? I mean, you summarized it quite well, but where would you like to see the development happening and what areas we need the legal and judicial community should focus on as we you know move forward in the more and more systems emerging? in the world of artificial intelligence so what would you like to tell our global viewers and listeners well my my point is first is we should not create a regulation for the sake of creating a regulation True. okay we need to understand how the technology works how the technology is developing uh, and how and which way it will it will go in in future and then we should think about the regulatory framework we should think about creating a regulatory framework which may be sector specific. So we need to understand where the artificial intelligence are being used and then try to understand whether we have existing law, are they adequate to regulate it? 
If they're not, then we should seriously think about amending the existing law. The next important important issue is we should not create a regulatory framework, which is which is my understanding, my interaction with the scientists is we should not create a regulatory framework which hinders innovation. And this is the biggest threat the scientist feels from us as lawyers, okay? That you create hindrance, you do not let the innovation progress, okay? So there has to be a dialogue. It has to be a kind of a three-way dialogue. So the governments with the scientific communities, the, the, the people's computer scientists who are developing this thing and legal info, so legal, legal practitioners, academics. It's a three-way dialogue where the government creates a policy which promotes innovation, but which also ensures accountability and transparency. Where the scientist creates the technology which appreciates that there could be a need for further regulation, which is actually in favor of that innovation, okay, which will ensure that this innovation is used for the purpose it was designed to be. We cannot predict that our technology will never be used for negative purposes, but it at least can try and minimize that risk, okay? So there has to be a dialogue between the policymakers, the inventors or the technology developers or software developers and the legal fraternity. And only then we will be able to create maybe in few years time a framework which is deliverable which is enforceable, okay? No matter, we can create as many legislations as we want in every sector we can think of, but at the end of the day, it is the enforceability of that legislation. That is the most important. That brings the system of control. And in this particular case, that same principle applies. Let's see how the technology develops, okay? But let's, at this point of time, start thinking about it thinking about the security issues, thinking about the discrimination issues, thinking about where a, where a consumer can be manipulated by this. These are issues on their own. They may seem like not that important, not that big, but if you put them all together, it becomes quite a big problem or a big challenge. And it is a challenge. And that is something we have to accept and understand that we are facing a challenge we have never faced before. If yep. we think internet has revolutionized our world, you have not seen anything what very artificial intelligence can do. Very true, very true. And I agree with you that there needs to be a beginning of dialogue between government, developers, and legal community. But I also think security community needs to be part yes, of that. Yes, yes. Yeah. Without understanding where the security risk you know, emerges, we cannot uh, effectively legislate. So thank you so much, Professor Basu, for participating in Risk Roundup today. Thank you, Zubar. Thank you. We thank you for having me. Thank you. So we appreciate your thoughtful insight on regulating artificial intelligence and our global viewers and listeners will benefit tremendously from the information you shared today. So even if one decision maker uh, or one regulatory agency can understand how to or how not to regulate, this risk roundup dialogue has been of service and we thank you for that. So Risk Roundup, a global initiative launched by Risk Group, is a security risk reporting for risk emerging from existing and emerging technologies, technology convergence and transformation happening across cyberspace, geospace, and space. We at Risk Group believe that risk management, security, and peace, they all walk together hand in hand. 
Though security is related to management of threats and peace to the management of conflict, risk management is related to management of security vulnerabilities as well as management of conflict. It is not possible to conceive any one of the three without the existence of the other two. All three concepts feed into each other. We believe that the security we build for ourselves is precarious and uncertain until it is secure for everyone across nations. Tradition becomes our security. So if we build a culture of managing risk effectively, it will lead us to security and security will lead us to peace. Let's manage the existing and emerging risk together. For more information on the Risk Roundups, to watch the Risk Roundup webcast or hear the Risk Roundup podcast, please go to riskgroupllc.com and do not forget to subscribe and share. Until next time, I'm Jayshree, host of Risk Roundup, signing off. See you next time. Thank you.